you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. I was telling a brother this morning, I said, it's a good thing I didn't see you Wednesday night because the Lord changed my mind on the sermon he wanted me to pe- preach this morning, last night. And it's a sermon if, that's going to probably amaze some of you and probably it's going to shock some of you because the sermon we're going to preach today is it's going to be it's going to be on trials. And if you're here today and you're lost, it's going to amaze you to think that we as Christians go through trials. And those of us that are here, we know that we go through through trials. We know we go through problems. <clears throat> so before I get too far ahead, let's everybody stand. First Peter chapter 1. We're going to begin in verse number 6. <clears throat> Wherein you greatly rejoice... Though now for a season, if need be, you're in heavenly thoughts, manifold temptation, that the trials of your faith, being much more precious than the gold and that perish, that it be tried with fire, might be found to praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Christ, <clears throat> whom having not yet whom having not seen ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, ye believe in and you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. Our most gracious Heavenly Fathers, we come to you again. Thank you, Lord, for once again having another opportunity to come back to your house. I pray, Lord, you just speak to me. Speak through me the words that you'd have each and every one of us to hear this morning. I pray, Lord, you just have your way in the service this morning. For in the blessed name of Jesus we do pray. Amen. You know, Peter, he, uh, in the scriptures, you know, he, he praised the Lord. He praised the Lord. And, and, and we see in verse number 3 here, if you want to go back, if you have your Bibles open, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto the lively hope by the resurrection of of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now what he's talking about, he's talking about Jesus raising from the dead. Jesus dying on the cross that we might have eternal life. And, and, the, and the scriptures uh, tell us, you know, um, that some the Hebrews and, and, and all, they don't have a, a word particularly for this very moment. It's always something that happened in the past or it's always something that happened in the future. But we see right here that... <clears throat> That Peter's looking this and he's looking in the future and he's saying, the blessed be God because he knows the future and what, how, what the future holds. He knows he's going to heaven one day. And in verse 4, it, talk, it says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that will fade not away, reserved in heaven for you. He says, I've got a lasting inheritance in heaven. Nobody can take it away from me. It's there, and when I get there, it's going to be all mine. And that's one reason why I'm going to rejoice. And then in verse 6, he says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness, thoughts, manifold temptations. Talking about, folks, today we go through trials, and today we go through temptations. And Peter was one of those, that we look in the Bible, and we see how he was tempted. Now see, he walked with God, he walked with the Lord, and he was in the upper room, and he told Jesus, he said, he said I'll, 
I'll die for you. When they were sitting, when they were standing around the 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 fire one night, Jesus says, "Who do, do men say that I am?" Some say we. They say you're a great prophet. Some say you're Elisha. Some say you this, and some say you that. But Peter said, "You're Jesus, the Son of the Living God." He knew who Jesus was. But when they was in the upper room, Jesus told him, "He said, before the cock crow thrice, you're going to deny me." He was going through a trial. You might as well look at that as a trial because he was afraid for his life. There's times in our life that we deny the Lord. Well, maybe it's around the crowd you're working around. Maybe it's around, around this crowd over here, this crowd over there, or something comes up, and the Lord, uh, you know you ain't supposed to partake of it or do anything with it, but here you go ahead and do it anyway. But we see here in the Scriptures, you know, Peter... He's just like us. <clears throat> he stumbled and he fell. But when the day came, Jesus told Mary when he had risen from the grave, he said, go tell my disciples and Peter that I've risen and I'm going to see him in a few days in the upper room. He wanted to let Peter know that even though he denied him by the fire, you remember how the scripture says where he said, Lord, I'll die for you. He even cut off one of the, the soldier's ears. He said, I'll die for you. Yet when he was standing around the fire, he denied him. He denied him three times. And then when the, when the, when the rooster crowed, he remembered what Jesus said. And there's times in our life we stumble and there's times in our life we fail. A lot of times we go through trials. And if you're here lost, just, if, just because you're saved don't mean your, your problems are going to go away. You can look around the room here. You can look in the hospitals. You can find people that are saved, children of God, and they're having problems. They're having sickness problems. They're having financial problems. But we see right here, as Peter was warming himself, himself by the fire, and, and he, he denied him. But just because we have troubles come our way, doesn't always mean we've denied the Lord. It doesn't always mean we've done anything wrong. Because the devil's out there trying to still get us. But see, as Peter says here, he says, I'm rejoicing for that day when I'm going to get my inheritance in heaven. As we go through trial, I mean, some people down here, if, if, you're, if you're lost, you go through troubles, you go through trials, you go through problems. And sometimes you don't have anyone to turn to. Or the right one to turn to. And us as Christians, we're saved. We love the Lord. We love God. We live the best we can. And there's times in our life we have troubles and we have trials. We have death in our family. We have sickness. But see, we have a comforter we can turn to. We can turn to Jesus because Jesus is the only one that can really fill that void. And can give us the, the thinking of, as Peter right here, of rejoicing that one day... We'll see that loved one again. One day, we won't have to suffer for whatever we're going through, whether it be sickness or whatever the problem is. The devil is after us today, folks, because he don't have us. And since we're already covered by the blood of our sins and, and we belong to Jesus, he's going to give us the hardest time he can. He's going to make our, our lives miserable. Look around. Some people, some of us is having problems. 
And some of us is having problems and we're hiding them real good. And some of us is having problems, but it's just like water running off a duck's back. We know that Jesus is there by us. He'll stick closer to us than a brother. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's always there for you to talk to. Don't matter what comes our way. He's always there. He knows what it's like to lose a loved one. He knows what it's like to have to suffer. He knows what it's like to go through this life and have disappointments. Could you imagine what he might have thought here here Peter was and and uh, Jesus already knew he was going to deny him. But could you imagine how Jesus thought when 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 he denied him three times? How disappointed he was. Could you imagine how disappointed he is with me and you sometimes? But he still loves us. He still wants everybody to know that we still have a place in his kingdom. If we're saved, we're a child of God, we're going to heaven, and sometimes the devil gets us down so far and worry about our problems so much that we lose the joy that we should have. Because we're going to heaven one day. He might harm his body or do things to harm his body, sickness or whatever, but he can't harm his soul. We're going to go to heaven one day. We're going to be with the Lord. We're going to see our Heavenly Father. We're going to see our loved ones that's going on before us. And there's nothing the devil can do about it. And that ought to even make a Baptist shout because we're going to heaven one day. We ain't going to have to put up with all our problems anymore. And if I don't hurry up and get going here, I'll never get to the message. <clears throat> I ain't even got started, folks. Just, But we see, as on a sober note, you'd say, Peter was warned, warned us here. He said, in the scriptures here, he said, there's going to be tough times coming. Better get ready. If we're, not, if we're living for God, we're living for the Lord. If we're not going through trouble time right now, sometime some, it's going to come. It don't matter how long we've been I mean, you talk to people who's been saved a long time. People haven't been saved that long. But you still got to keep your faith, as Peter says in the Scripture. He said, the day is coming when we're going to get our inheritance, but don't give up. When the devil comes our way, don't give up. When the trials come our way, don't give up. Christians may have trials, as he said in the Scripture there, the heaviness through manifold temptations. We're good about rejoicing, being excited when everything's going all good. Well, most of the time. I mean, if you got something to shout about, you need to be shouting about it right now. You know, shouting about how the Lord loves you. Praise God, praise the Lord for all He's done for us. It could be worser. I know y'all are going to say there's no such word as that. But let me tell you, I'm a country boy. Don't try to correct my English. But things could always be worse. There's people out here that are in worse shape than we are. They're dying and going to hell. Don't have no hope. Don't have Jesus to, to turn to, to be comforted. And He's the only one that can comfort us sometimes. But, but Peter's saying, it's, it's easy to rejoice in the good times. But when the bad times come and you're down in the valley, it's not so easy to rejoice, is it? But you know, it's when we're going through those valleys and we're coming out the other side 
the shouting begins and, and that you can go to the gym I'm, I'm not nothing against going to the gym and all that stuff and all exercising but the greatest exercise I believe sometimes we can have is have a problem come along and get down on our knees and we start praying because when we come through that valley we're stronger our faith is stronger we're stronger and we, we know the Lord is still on the throne we know God is still on the throne we know that he's still there and he's still in control we exercise our faith our faith gets stronger because we know and that's what Peter is saying right here there's going to be hard times coming and it's easy to rejoice when the good things is going on but when the bad times come it's not so easy testing times may cause discouragement had a fellow one time Got married and his wife wanted to hang around with her old friends and not want to stay at home. And uh, he was going through a test in time, time of discouragement. Sometimes, you know, we say, now, God, Lord, I'm going to give you this amount of time to correct this. Or I'm not going to go back to church or I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that. And that's what happened to this individual. He He turned to God and asked God to help him. But I don't believe it, it wasn't God, God's will for them to be together to start with. That's why, with young people, you need to pray. Pray for that fellow that you dating. Or pray, if you ain't dating, pray that God will send you a godly young man or a godly young woman where you all be on the same page bringing your children up in God's house. <clears throat> we should remember these times are temporary, though. They're not going to last forever. Some Christians thought and think that the trials and problems are over when we got saved. They're just beginning. They thought faith in Christ would keep them from the trials and the troubles and the things they had. Well, Jesus was from the heaven. Jesus was God's son. And see, he, he, he still had problems down here. He was still tempted and all those things. And he knows what you and I go through. He didn't say that the life would be easy. Remember what he told them? He said, remember, they hated me first. And if we do what we're supposed to do as Christians, the world's going to hate us. It's going to despise us. It's gonna, it wants to turn against us in every way, shape, or form. Because we're living for the Lord. And the Lord said, if we're, if we're living a life before man, the world can tell it. And we'll have trouble. They thought that the gospel train when they got saved was going to be a gravy train. But it's not a gravy train. You've got, you got things in this Word of God right here that you need to live by. And you need to die by. Just don't think because you got your name on a church road that that's all that matters. You can have your name on every church row in the county, been baptized in every creek, every pond, every baptistry, but if your name ain't written on that book in heaven, it's not going to matter. Being a Christian is not an easy road sometimes. But we see then reality hits. And trouble does come our way from time to time. Because Christians, we are not immune to sickness. We're not immune to diseases. We're not immune to financial problems. We're not immune to all these other problems that we have round about us. But we are saved. 
We are going to heaven. We are a child of God. We might not be nobody down here on this earth. But when we accepted the Lord as our personal Savior, He wrote our name down in heaven, in in the registry of heaven, saying, I'm a citizen there, and you're a citizen there, and we are somebody. We're the child of God. We might not be nobody down here. People might not ever think about us as being much. But we're children of God. We're somebody. Sometimes I think we need to act more like we're children of God. I mean, and praise the Lord for what He's done. Praise God for... He didn't have to send His Son down here to die for us. But He did. It's just like... What if somebody come in in the door there and said, I'm going to kill everybody unless somebody volunteers to take their place. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. There ain't going to be many people in here who want to step forward and probably say, I'll, I'll do it. But that's what Jesus did. Jesus said, I'll take their place for them, Father. And then when it got time, Jesus was at, when he was in the garden, he was crying and asking the Father to take it from us. He said, take this from me. I don't want to have to go through this. <clears throat> but he did. Sometimes I wonder, if we was arrested today and took to jail, would we have enough evidence against us to prove that we was guilty of being a Christian? Think about that. Have you got enough evidence that they could bring up against you to prove that you're a Christian and be able to convict you and send you to jail or prison by the papers and, and evidence they got before you. Or it'd be just like some of the judges do now. Most of the time they just let people do anything they want to and they say, case dismissed. Do we have enough evidence? <clears throat> then reality arrives. You know, sometimes, you know, as Christians, as parents, you know, we can have trouble with our children. We can have problems. We can have problems with our co-workers. We can have, everybody knows we can have, if you're a boss in here, I, I know some people have problems with you too, probably. <laughs> but sometimes we have problems with everybody. Sometimes they're hard to please. Sometimes they're hard to get along with. But these trials have not taken God by surprise because God knows about each and every one of them. Christians may have trials related to their faith. In verse number 7 it says, That the trials of your faith being much more precious than gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The trials of our faith when Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, appears, it'll be worth it all. Everything that we go through, it'll be worth it all. As Peter says, I know we'll have troubles down here on this life. We're going to have, we're going to have all kinds of problems and manners of, of trials going on. But he says, but I look forward to that day when the Lord appears <clears throat> and I go on to meet Him. I go on to be with Him. Jesus had revealed His coming death into <clears throat> of the cross. He had let him know that he was going to have to go to the cross. He let him know that he was going to be rejected by the world. And if the world rejected him, they're going to reject us. And Paul knew about these trials. He knew that 
He could be stoned. He knew that he could be put in prison. And Stephen, Stephen knew all about these trials, but he didn't back down. He didn't waver. Remember when they were stoning him? The scripture says that he seen Jesus standing by the throne of God. As he was being stoned, he could see Jesus standing up for him because he stood for what was right. He never swayed, even though he went through his trials and problems. He never would change his mind, never would change his testimony, never would change his preaching. He was stoned. I tell you what, when it comes my time to go, and I hope you feel the same way, I hope that that God is so pleased with me that I can see Jesus standing. There's no reason why. If we just do what God wants us to do, do what the Lord wants us to, stand up, said, I'm very pleased by the way you the good job you've done. You've run the race. Come home. I get thinking about that young lady that was shot in that school, I believe it was that school years ago, a few years ago. A guy with a gun told him, said, Are you a Christian? She said, Yes. Something along the line will meet your Jesus or meet your God and shot her and killed her. She could have very easily said, no, I'm not a Christian. She might have been living today. But she wasn't going to back down. She knew who she trusted in. And she knew if anything happened to her, she was going to be took care of. She'd be in heaven. She wasn't ashamed to let the gunman know that she was a Christian, that she was a child of God. Christians may be triumphant in trials through their through their saviors, we see in verse number 8. Whom having not seen, you love in whom, though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with the joy unspeakable and full of glory. In trials of our faith in Christ, it's being perfected every day. It is like gold. <clears throat> Now, I've looked for gold every chance I get, and sometimes it ain't that often. But when you get gold to its purest form, it's clear. It's not like our jewelry, it's clear. And I get to thinking about heaven someday and what Jesus went through and, not, and how pure that gold is. It, and just like today, to get gold at its purest form, you have to heat it up. It goes through a trial, and it goes through a trial again. It gets all the impurities out. <clears throat> and sometimes we have to go through all kinds of purification and fire and trials and troubles down here on this, this life. So we'll be prepared when we get to heaven. The return of Christ reveals our faith is real. Because Jesus died on the cross for you and me. He was resurrected the third day for you and me, that we might not stay here. Some people think that when you die, you just cease to exist and you go into the ground. Some people say you just float around in the sky and these people got all kind of crazy answers. But I happen to believe the Word of God. I believe the Word of God says there's a heaven and there's a hell. <clears throat> if you don't believe that, you go back, if you could go back now, you ask that rich man. Lazarus was laying at his gate begging for crumbs and a rich man, boy, he had it all. Lazarus died and the rich man died. It's 
there's a great gulf across from paradise. That's the only time we had a paradise was, was from the time Jesus, time Jesus was resurrected out and come out. There's no paradise there. But there was. The Old Testament saints was in what they call paradise. And the old rich man was over here in hell, and he could see over there. He said, Lazarus is over here being comforted. Send him that he might dip his hand in his finger in water and cool my tongue. You tell me that man didn't realize there was a hell in. And you know one, one thing he found out, but he found out too late. It didn't matter how much money he had, it didn't do him no good. He, he told him he, because he didn't say, send all my money to the high priest and let the high priest pray that my brothers don't come here. He didn't say that. What did he say? He said, I pray <clears throat> that you send Lazarus back from the grave. Tell my brothers that I'm in a place of torment and I'm dying and burning in hell so that they might believe and they won't come down here because I'm in torment. All the chances he had to be saved and he thought that wasn't for him. Jesus is for everybody. The gospel's for everybody. There's people that has died since I've stood up here has went to hell and they were surprised they got there. They said, we were surprised that there was a real place called hell. Because I've heard some people say, if God's a living God, he won't send nobody to hell. You've seen yourself there. God done his part. He sent his son to die on the cross that we might be saved. So if you go there, you got nobody to blame. <clears throat> Our victories through faith brings praise to Christ because we know that on that way out of that valley... We have something to shout about. We have some, and a lot of us is real quiet. We say, "Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, Lord, help me on that." Sometimes people shout, says, "Praise the Lord." Hey, somebody, somebody here in this this uh, church today, and other churches, are thinking, "Boy, I said, if God would take care of this problem I got, people know about." people would know that God took care of this problem. Whether it's financial, whether it's a physical, whether it's a, a spiritual, whether it's a, a sickness or problem. If, it, and, they, and they're saying, they're trying to deal with, bargain with God. If God take care of this, what people know about it? God take care of it and just what? Nobody say anything. A lot of times we make promises God to help us, <clears throat> but we never do. Our trials are temporary. Let me try to hurry through this. I know it's getting late. Our trials are temporary. They're just going to be for a season. They ain't going to be forever because we're going to go on to be with the Lord one day. Our rewards for being faithful are going to be eternal. Nobody can take them from us. We'll always have them. Peter knew that when he got to heaven, the Bible tells us that we're going to be joint heirs with Christ. We're going to be sons of God too. What's Jesus is ours. See, right now, Jesus is our high priest. He's not the king yet, because to be a king, you've got to have a kingdom. But when we go, he's our high priest right now, but when he comes back to this earth and sets up the kingdom down here, then he will, he will be our king of kings and our lord of lords. Right now, he's our high priest. That's why that veil was rent from top to bottom when he was crucified on the cross. He said it is finished. You can't go into a holy of holies somewhere or some uh, temple somewhere and, and the priest 
don't matter. Jesus is our high priest. He's the only one that can forgive your sin. He's done died for them. Everybody else is just human like us. They can't forgive you for nothing. Only Jesus can. Jesus is the only one that can forgive you of your sin. And God says if we're going to get to heaven, we're going to go through his son. He says, I am the door. If you're going to heaven, you've got to go through him. He says, I am the good shepherd. And if he's our good shepherd and we're his sheep, we're going to listen to his voice and listen when he calls and listen to what he tells us to do. Hurry along right here. I've I got <clears throat> to get finished right quick. One thing we can always remember when we're going through these trials is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. He says, my grace is sufficient. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. Because the Lord's grace is sufficient enough to carry us through it. I know sometimes it's hard to understand. Sometimes it's hard to believe. But His grace is sufficient. As long as we got the Lord on our side, when we go through our trials, His grace is sufficient. And if He says His grace is sufficient, it's sufficient. Now you might let the devil get in your head and might think you think, th- make you think things that... Oh, this ain't, this is no good. This ain't, let me tell you something. The devil gets on your shoulder all the time. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes he'll get on my shoulder and he'll, he'll start telling me this and telling me that. And I know it. I know, I know it's the old devil. Old devil gets on your shoulders and start t- putting stuff in your mind and, and all. And you know that that's, all, that's the devil. He'll get to hindering you about a little something. Something that ain't real big or, or nothing real extravagant or nothing but then I, he just keeps on and keeps on and keeps on and keeps on and that's when I, I just stopped and I, said, I said now stop devil I said Jesus take care of me and you know when you say Jesus take care of me he's gone just like that he can't stand that name Jesus when you call out to Jesus Jesus is there Jesus will take care of your problem. He'll take care of that need. And he never, he never has failed me. He never has forsaken me. I've been, I'm 57 years old. I've been saved since I was 12. He's never let me down. Some of you have been saved longer than I have. Some of you haven't been saved that long. It's the testimony. You go around and you can talk to the people in the, in the house of God today. You'd find out that Jesus is the answer. Never turn or sway away from the Word of God. I don't know your hearts as <clears throat> song leader gets ready. I don't know your hearts this morning, but are you facing a trial? Are you facing some kind of temptation? Jesus knows about it. <clears throat> but He wants to help you with it. God will meet that trial. He'll meet that temptation. He'll see you through with it and He'll take care of it. And every time he sees and helps us through a trial, our faith will get stronger. We will realize that Jesus is still on the throne. God's still in charge. And if you're a child of God, the devil don't like it because he knows he's done lost. And he's trying to give you and me as much trouble as he can. Even Jesus, after Jesus had... had, um, had fasted 
He was so weak, the devil came down and lifted him up, took him up on top of the pinnacle and says, Turn all these stones into bread so you can eat. As he, he said, the scripture says that he carried Jesus up. And then he told Jesus, because he's been fasting, was weak, he said, Turn these into bread. Tried to tempt Jesus. And if he's going to tempt Jesus, he's going to tempt us. But see, what Jesus has done, been through that stuff. His grace is sufficient, and he'll help us as we go through that temptation too. Everybody stand. <clears throat> Our most gracious Heavenly Fathers, we come to you again. We thank you once again for this opportunity to come back to your house. I pray, Lord, I might have said something this morning that might have touched our hearts and got us to thinking about when we go through our trials, when we go through temptation, we'll know, no doubt in our mind, that you're always there with us. You never leave us and you'll never forsake us. You'll never leave us by ourselves. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do. I pray, Lord, this week as the pastor's away, that you'll just be with him and be with all those that labor. And I pray this morning in this church, as well as where he's speaking this morning, if there's anyone lost, they'll learn to know you as their personal Savior before it's everlasting too late. What number? <clears throat>